It's the recruiting roundtable on Dog Post. Dean Leggy, joined by alligator wrestler and recruiting analyst Matt DeBerry. What's going on? Yeah, Matt. It was a busy day yesterday, Tuesday, um, with a slew of kids from Grayson making their college decision. The one that most people are obviously still talking about to some degree is Owen Popo, who is a consensus five-star player picking Auburn over Georgia. Um, why don't you go through sort of what yesterday was like, and I can uh, pick it up on the other side about um, that you saw this coming, but it was different than it was a couple of weeks ago. Right, and you know, I've been saying on Dog Post since October that he was leaning towards Georgia, and I felt pretty good about that. So it was a little surprising to hear some Auburn chatter at the end. You know, that stuff does kind of happen with big-time prospects right before. But I wasn't sure how serious it was, and you know, leading up to it, I guess a couple of days out was when you know I really started hearing Auburn more and more. So going to the event, you know, I kind of had a feeling what was going to happen. Um, but, you know, did choose Auburn, and uh, but Georgia will move on. They'll be fine. They, they will. I'm, I mean, I'm writing, I'm writing about that today, which is that no one player anymore can, can make or break this program. Uh, there's, I think that Alabama and Georgia certainly are in that position. I think Clemson and Ohio State, you could make the argument that no one player will, will make or break them. Um, it's tough to replace uh, Roquan Smith, Mika Fitzpatrick, Deshaun Watson, guys who are very good players. But, um, you know, I I don't think any one player really – we're at the stage here with Georgia for sure that no one player is going to do it. I mean, you've got so many offensive linemen now in the program. Right. That that – And it starts in the, the trend. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. too, and about that earlier today. That That's the biggest thing yeah. is the – Well, I do scrimmage. think that – I think Auburn needed Owen more than Georgia did, too. They need to get these big-time guys in to compete with Georgia and Alabama, who seem to be kind of running off with it when it's on, when it comes to recruiting, especially the last two years. So that was big for Auburn to get a kid from Georgia, put him in there, a guy who can run around and make some tackles, play early, and you know give them some talent on their roster, too. So they're trying to keep up, but um, yeah, the, the classes that Georgia's brought in, obviously uh, – they're building depth, and like you said, not one person is going to really, you know, make that much of a difference at, at this stage where Georgia's at right now. What do you make, Matt, of this spring evaluation period, which is really what where we're at right now? I mean, are are you in your sort of travels? Are you going around um, dealing with kids who are 2019s or more 2020 uh, 2020s and 2021s? Uh, it always try to get the 2020 and 2021s and learn about the new wave of kids, you know, um, because that, you know, two years ago and last year, I tried to focus on these 2019 kids. So I know them pretty well and I, I have a feeling I can figure out how it's going to go the rest of the way. So really trying to see where the mind's at in these 2020 kids, who are the first schools recruiting those guys. And cause you know, they are all pretty open. I know Georgia has a, uh, two, 2020 commitments right now but um it's about finding kids right there and you know this is their time to really step up and get noticed um in this industry here so i'm going out i'm looking for those younger kids and um seeing how these 2019 kids have gotten better since uh this past fall what uh what do you make of um georgia's classes it stands this second um they're you know i think that they are in pretty good shape 
uh, everywhere uh, with what they've got plus what they think that they're going to have on the long, along the way. But at what stage is a quarterback going to be either dealt with in some way or you know what were they doing there? Do you think? Yeah, it. it I'm not a big fan of these quarterbacks in the class across the country, really. There's a couple good ones, but not really from the state of Georgia. But I think when they start holding their camps this summer, they're going to really try to figure out, okay, which quarterback do we really want to go all in and, and go after. So I still think the staff is really trying to figure that out. Um, they're in it with uh, the Louisville commit. Jaden Johnson's a three-star kid from Tennessee. He's in the mix. He's visited Georgia a couple times. Um, Jared Zeno, kid out of Texas, has visited Georgia. They've reached out to him a little bit. And uh, there's a couple in-state kids uh, who are emerging. I, I don't think they're on Georgia's level right now, but they're getting better. So we'll see. I think they'll try to take, you know, a, a three-star kid who wants to sit back and learn, someone who can, you know, learn, obviously, from the guys ahead of them and who can maybe learn the system a little quicker and um, maybe a, a dual-threat kid who can – help them out uh, in that way as well. So it'll be interesting to see where they go. I don't have an exact name, but I'm not sure the staff does either right now. So that's something they got to figure out. How about Harrison Bailey? And I, I don't think that Brad Johnson's kid, Max, is going to go to Georgia. I don't think that that's going to happen, period. But um, where do you think they're really at there? And are those those two guys um, are high-level quarterbacks? Are they – where is Georgia going in 2020? Uh, 20 with quarterbacks will they will they go after the kid from Marietta pretty hard or is there a national I mean at this stage it seems to me like Georgia's at the point with recruiting that and they always kind of have been with you know you talk about Matthew Stafford or Aaron Murray or Jacob Eason you know they can go get national guys is that the right. case in 2020 it very well could be it, like you said about Max it doesn't seem like there's a a lot of Georgia's favor with Max. I know he lives right there, but it does seem like he's maybe leaning in elsewhere. And Harrison's the same way. You know, I've spoken to him and his dad, and they've both told me, you know, we haven't really heard much about Georgia. You know, right. maybe they're trying to focus on who they wanted 2019 first before they look around. And, um, yeah, they'll be okay to where they can show up and really go after a kid and, and make an impact. It's not at quarterback. It's not like they have to be on the kid super early to really be in the mix the entire way. So, um, they might just be trying to focus on 2019 right now and use the brand name and everything to try to get on a 2020 kid late. Um, but we'll see. I'll be at Marietta practice today. I'll speak with, with Harrison about it, see if he's heard from Georgia recently. But um, it does seem like others are pursuing him harder than Georgia is right now. But. Others are – you said others are pursuing him harder? Yeah. Um, Alabama, he's heard from a little bit. Tennessee, uh, the old Florida staff was doing a great job with him. He has from the new staff over there. Texas A&M is really on him. So he's hearing from a bunch of different schools. Florida State is a new team in the mix. Miami, um, one of those kids that might not land Max Johnson uh, – could be in it with Harrison. Uh, so he's had a lot of schools that have hit him up more than Georgia has, but I'm sure they'll try to get into it later, but I think they are got to be focused on other stuff right now instead of a, a 2020 quarterback. So they can always get in the mix with one of those guys. I do wonder with those two kids, um, uh, Harrison has more of the measurables than, than Max Johnson does, I guess, but... Um, and you can, of course, correct me when you're wrong. I've only seen both yeah. of them play a couple of times uh, yeah. in person. 
I like Harrison a lot, and maybe it is because I've seen more of him, but I think Max is a strong arm. Um, he's, he's the lefty, mm-hmm. um, but he, he can sling it pretty well. I think Harrison's a little more accurate right now, uh, but he's got a big-time arm too, and I think Harrison will obviously put up bigger numbers in high school. He's got so many weapons over there at yeah. Marietta. He's got all those guys that throw the ball to, so he'll light up the stat sheet a little more and uh, but they both have looked pretty good when I've seen them. I've been watching Harrison for a while now, and he's getting better and better. And through the seven-on-seven, seven, I'll be able to see him a little more this spring. But they're both really good. I'd probably give Harrison the edge right now. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. They're both pretty good. What do you make of uh, the running backs in this class? I mean, the kid from Florida came up. Well, the kid from IMG came up to see the spring yeah. game. What, what do you What do you have on all of that for Georgia in this particular class? Yeah, I think he's going to be the go to guy there. Um, you know, with Zamir and James Cook last year, if they get Trey Sanders to come on board, ideally they'd like to take a second running back. But it might be a situation where you know they might not need to. Um, but he's really, really good. They're recruiting Noah Kane, also at IMG, another five star kid. He's been seeing schools across the country um i'm not really sure where george is in it with him i think they have a better shot at trey sanders there's a few good running backs in the state of georgia they're not georgia's level though i they're georgia can obviously go like quarterback across the country to get a kid and they're going to make sure they get one of the very very best so while there are some good ones in georgia they're not on the university of georgia's level right now for running backs um and then a lot in 2020 i think there's they say a Todd Gurley clone out there, Zach Evans, and, and Texas and the Houston area in 2020, who they're going to go all after two. So they might just stick with one if they can get Trey Sanders and maybe someone else to jump on board too. But I think right now he's the guy they really want. What um, what will this summer be like for you? I mean, you're covering recruiting. I, I kind of doubt that Kirby will uh, open up the Georgia camps again. Me too. They they closed them last year. Go ahead. We got got some access that first year, and that was great. And then last year was barely anything, so who knows what will be this year. Well, I have my doubts. I don't know know anything, but I have my doubts. What what will this summer be like for you as it relates to – I mean, how do you gather information when um, it's hard to see what's going on at camps that are important? Yeah, the summer is really where I try to see who's all committing. Last year, as we saw, there's a bunch of kids who commit during the summer. So um, I'll go back and try to watch some film of what they did this past fall and you know look at notes from what they did during the camp circuit in the spring. But really, it's trying to bond with them and figure out when they're deciding who's high on their list, who's leaning for them, and stuff like that, as opposed to watching them and breaking them down as a player. But there will be some seven-on-seven seven, uh, stuff and little tournaments in the beginning of the summer um, yeah, to go see. But... Obviously, it's tough to really get a feel on linemen and linebackers that way. But um, again, it used we used to be good, able to go to college camps for that. So it'll be interesting. Um, but I, I do think there will be a maybe a number of kids who commit this summer, like there always is. So just trying to stay on top of that. Well, you, I am asking all the questions here. We're not being very conversational. <laughs> what uh, what did we what did people miss yesterday? Maybe maybe they did not see at the Owen Popo um, thing. I mean, a lot of a lot of well, better sort of to the more to the point. It just it's hard to 
avoid the bubbling up of the surface that that this recruitment's not over. What 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 do you have on that, if anything? Yeah, I mean, he told me in October Georgia was leading. I heard it from a lot of people at Grace and a lot of people that I trust um, that Georgia was leading, and they gave me that for nine months. And when a kid says he's got a leader for nine months, and then something kind of switches, and you know he commits to another school pretty much shortly thereafter, um, that team's never really out of it, especially when it's an in-state team who just played for a championship so if Kirby really really wants him and we talked about that before if they really want him they're gonna stay on him get him back on campus a, a couple times and um I mean we've seen crazier things happen so I I'm not 100% ruling George out of it just yet um but right now he does seem all Auburn he's gonna say all that but it, I, yeah, a lot of people have that feeling because he looks so comfortable in Athens during all those games. He's got a strong connection with those recruits. Jaden uh, Hazelwood, Nolan Smith are constantly in his ear. So he's going to keep hearing about Georgia. I think um, it's, what, an hour from Athens, Grayson? Uh, and not even Lawrenceville, that. Yeah. Something like, not even that. Yeah, so I, I don't think Georgia's really going anywhere. He'll, he'll be committed to Auburn, but we'll see. Well, we've seen this before. That's just the thing. I mean, yeah. last year, Adam Anderson, uh, Brent Cox. Brent Cox. Yeah, the whole thing. And, and all of a sudden, at the end, you know, they're, they're playing for Georgia. Or they're, you know, in Max Ray's case, they go play for Ohio State. They have been committed to Georgia. But yeah, um, it just seems like it's a placeholder anymore. I don't think Owen Papone is a placeholder. But, right. But well, it, it, Go ahead. It's just crazy. We see more and more decommitments each and every year, and I'm already seeing 2020 kids, you know, commit and decommit, and you can't take them seriously at that point in their high school career. At least I don't. So it happens more and more and more. So I mean, no, no verbal commitment is really what it was five years ago, ten years ago. Um, so you're right. I mean, we're seeing more of it. So no one's completely out of it. Um, in today's day in recruiting. but well, Speaking of a guy that a lot of teams have been trying to um, turn back their way, Nolan Smith, um, how, how firm do you think he is with Georgia, and um, what what makes him one of the best players in the country? I mean, if you're losing out on Owen Popo, then you, you, know, you're, you just look down the list and you've got Nolan Smith that's committed to you. That's not that bad of a, a situation yeah. to have either. Uh, first, I would yeah, the percentage. I'd say ninety five percent because he is going to take a couple more visits here and there. I think Alabama would be the biggest threat. I wouldn't say it's Clemson or Auburn, but it, I mean, when he's in Athens, when I see him on the sideline and stuff, I mean, he is the happiest one there. All smiles, giving hugs, pictures, hanging out with everyone, recruiting these kids to Georgia. So there will always be rumors because he has taken visits before, and he's the one saying, and you know. Uh, nothing's 100%, but um, I think George is in a really, really good spot for him. I think they'll end up holding on to him and um, unless something crazy happens. But as a player, he's not the tallest guy. I think you've, right. we've seen him a couple times, but I think he's around 6'3", 230. But he's explosive. He's quick off the line. He's strong. Uh, he's technically sound. He knows what to do. And I haven't really seen anyone go head-to-head with him and, and beat him. Even two reps, you know, they might get a half a rep on him and not, you know, get embarrassed by him. But I can't remember the last time I saw him lose a rep. So, um, and he was one of the best players for IMG as a sophomore. 
I mean, he was making plays. So uh, he's a big-time player, and it's pretty easy to see. You don't have to be a guy like me to watch him play and say, okay, this kid's really, really good. So um, I think he's going to start at an outside linebacker. Might be able to play with his hand on the ground at some point, but I think um, he'll be that outside linebacker wherever he goes. I I do think it'll end up being Georgia, though. What makes Hazelwood such a big deal? Um, he flashes. I mean, he, he makes some AJ green type catches. I mean, he just skies in the air, makes it look easy and he's got size and he's fast. So it's not like he's a possession receiver. It's not like he's a, just a strictly track star out there. Let me ask you Uh, this. Let me, let me say this, Matt, you know, when you start talking about one of the tougher positions and you can, one of the tougher positions to really know is at receiver in high school because in high school, you know, the, you, they just don't throw the ball effectively. Right. I mean, it's bad, right. in fact. Yeah. And they don't really throw the ball that much at Cedar Grove. They do what right. they can for him. But he, even then, I mean, he stands out. And that it's the combination of size and speed that really stands out to me. Uh, it's not just a specialization in one. He's got good hands. He's got the body control. Um, I've seen him grab balls that I thought hit the ground and he saved them, got his hands under him. I've seen him snatch him out in the air way above his head. So, I mean, he checks all the boxes and there's not one weakness, glaring weakness in his game. Um, but what, have you seen, you've seen him once, oh, right? Yeah. Well, and that's just the chance. The thing about yeah. it is um, when you watch Cedar Grove, it's a smaller school. So sometimes they'll play these afternoon games, but anyway, that's that. I don't even know why I said that. It's just something that I think, as a person like you who goes to these games, I appreciate the five o'clock kickoffs just because right. that means you can go to another game. But yeah, in the case of um, Hazelwood, uh, it's tough to see. He certainly is dangerous with the ball in his hands, um, but you just can't. I mean, he don't, they don't have a you know really a college level quarterback right. to see, and so then you're depending on camps. And camps yeah. are helpful. They're just not real football. That's all. Right. Right. Um, no, 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 definitely. But I'd like these seven-on-sevens, though, uh, from a strictly quarterback to receiver standpoint because they are running Now, what's, you know, what's the situation with routes. those? Uh, yeah, you've got uh, a, I mean, a explain, couple. Explain to the – I mean, I think most of the audience knows what a seven-on-seven yeah. is, I hope. But yeah, um, it, are they doing that more in, this, in the sp- late spring now? Yeah, uh, May is a big time for that. I think late May they have the big seven-on-seven championship up here in Emerson. So it's you know top seven-on-seven teams from across the South, even across the country, I think, are going. And you've got to win your local tournaments here and there and stuff like that. And um, you know it's comprised of a lot of these four- and five-star guys, and um, they just go at it. And you know last year Justin Fields was throwing to um, Karis Jackson and Jaden Hazelwood and. And, you know, they become friends and, and all this and build a kind of a chemistry there. So, you know, I do think Kiaris Jackson will be on the end of a lot of Justin Fields' passes. They have a pretty good connection. And uh, I know Jaden definitely wants to play with Justin Fields. You know, they've got a really connect, you know, strong connection there. And um, so some nice chemistry. But, yeah, it, it's fun to go watch. Um, it, it's not Friday night. No pads or helmets or anything. Um, but you, you can see some ball skills and athleticism. Um, through those, so and he's got it, Matt. What? Um, where will you? Well, I mean, you know, we've kind of, 
gotten into a lot of this, and we're just talking sort of in circles here, and I'm sorry that I'm doing this, but what, I, mean, I feel like I'm the only one asking questions here. I don't want <laughs> to ask you about your alligator situation again. <laughs> no. um, Are you preparing for that? I mean, I, yeah, I just need to get in shape. I do need think, to figure do you, out. Do you think man. you got in over your skis with that one? No, I, I don't, but I, I, I'm thinking the only time it can happen is in Baton Rouge, right? Or Jacksonville? Oh Are you really? You're you're setting a I, date. Well, I'm just putting it in my head. If if I have to, and again, no, it's not yeah, if you have to, you're the one that that challenged. I would like to. I, I mean, the manhood, if you will, of the of the reptile king. Right. I would call him the reptile, the, the croc, or the hippo is the reptile king. I, I mean, that's why. Uh, a, hippo, a hippo. A hippo is not a. Uh, is a hippo is not a uh, reptile. Oh, okay. We're talking about reptile king. Oh, what about the, uh, the the anaconda? I would take an anaconda, one of those big ass giant water river snakes or whatever. I would I would take a croc. You know, I would take a crocodile almost over anything in the reptile world. But um, I would take an alligator over a snake. I mean, what's the snake going to do to the alligator? But I mean, they just strangle it, right? I mean, those snakes well, are could. long. Could. I mean, they could strangle a gator. Uh, a crocodile, so. a crocodile too, I guess. What? what? Well, I I wouldn't mess with no croc now. Those, those crocs are. I ain't coming near a croc. Those bad boys are violent, and they got all those crazy teeth. Who, who, Man, they're which, 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 which prospect out there now has got the violent hands of a crocodile? <laughs> which prospect? Um, I, I think you could put Nolan Smith on there. He uses his hands pretty quick. He's got quick hands to get off those blocks. There, I, I would. I would use him. Um, I'm trying to think of Clay Webb is like the, uh, the anaconda. He'll kind of swallow you up there. Uh, he's he's a really good player. Where where is uh, I mean? Do you really buy Georgia pulling him out of Alabama? I just I, I don't find that deep hard down. To yeah, it, it is deep down. I don't. But he's always he says the right things. He went to G Day instead of Tuscaloosa for A Day. And yeah. one person told me that he doesn't think he's big enough to played alabama but i'm not buying that he could be yeah like he's a perfect center guard who can pull and move well he's got a strong base i mean he's got some good feet were they they insinuating he was big enough to play at georgia i mean how are the i mean i guess this is not this is one who covers neither georgia or alabama um but he lives in the area and we were talking i kind of gave him the weirdest look i mean clay webb is really really good Uh, and but he his whole thing was if you wanted to go to Alabama and they would have accepted his commitment, he'd be committed there by there. No. And it's, I guess it's easy to say that with an Alabama kid. Well, oh, if Alabama took him, he'd already be committed there, you know. But I, I think he likes Sam Pittman a lot. And yeah. I think Al- George is more of a threat to Alabama than Auburn is. I'll say that. He's pretty close to Auburn. I think uh, you drive through Oxford to get to Birmingham. So, right. Um, that's, so he's closer to Auburn. But Georgia, I think, is in it more than people think. But in the end, no, I think he's going to Alabama. Um, hey, but you, but you, you think that uh, Alabama? You think the issue with Clay Webb is, hey, is Alabama going to take him? That's that's what I heard. I don't really believe that. I think Alabama would love to have him. He's he's really good. I don't know what the delay is. It could be that he's giving Sam Pittman a, a longer thought and just doesn't want to commit. But right now, but. I think in the end, it'll be tough for him to tell Alabama no. Um, but we'll see. He's, he's a good one. But 
again, I think Jamari Sawyer's going to play a good bit. So at you can look at the depth chart. At center? Uh, yeah, center or guard, yeah. I, I, I think he's more suited to be a guard. I think he'll play center before Trey Hill does, but I think Warren Erickson could really take hold of that well, center what's your spot. Deal Not with next him? year What's, what's years, so great about Warren Erickson? I think, well, I, I went and saw North Gwinnett three times in the playoffs, right. and they ran over everybody. And he was pancaking every dude in front of him. So I have a lot more respect for Warren Erickson at towards the end of the season than I did the beginning. And we t- I thought he was just a Mark Ritt lineman, you know, a Brandon yeah. Kublano type. You put a guard, you know, not the greatest in the world, but, you know, efficient. But he's a guy who I think can really surprise people. Um, he is a big dude. Uh, he knows what he's doing. He's a leader. He's a smart player. He can pull. Um, and he put guys on their ass all the time. And they ran for 300 yards the last three weeks over Grayson, Marietta, and someone else. But, I mean, they ran over everybody. So over and he was a big legit part of programs. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I mean, the highest classification in Georgia and North Gwinnett just ran over all of them. Did they win um, the state championship? They did win the state championship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nobody was stopping them. So um, he played really, really well. And I was trying to take pictures of him the whole time, so I, I got a pretty good look at him throughout the game. But, but um, we'll start at center at some point. You think he will start at center? I think he will start at center. At, uh, maybe as a junior, senior year, maybe those two. Well, do I don't you, think it will anytime soon, but down the road. Where do you think that they're going on the offensive line in this class, considering how many of the kids they've signed these past two years? Yeah, it's definitely going to be smaller than those two. So they're going after Devontae Dobbs, five-star tackle out of Michigan. Darnell Wright, five-star tackle out of West Virginia. So they're definitely going out of state. Um, Warren, uh, Warren McClendon, uh, the kid out of Brunswick, I think it will be the only in-state lineman that might commit to them this year. Harry Miller's going elsewhere. Wanye obviously wants to play early. He committed to Tennessee last night. So You've got Clay Webber, they're going hard after, at guard slash center. Um, I know I'm missing a couple, but Warren McClendon out of Brooklyn is probably a tackle, and then the two five-star tackles. So we'll see. It'll be small, so it'll be interesting to see how it develops. I don't think any of them are committing anytime soon, so um, Hmm. we'll see. And and they, they lost Luke Griffin, too. I don't think they have one offensive line commit right now, so i got to go back and look at the numbers. I think 23 will be the number in this class. So breaking it down, um, maybe four linemen. I, that would that's be my still, guess. That's still not that bad of a number, really. I mean, you never want to just sign yeah. two guys. Right. That would be but bad. But they brought in a bunch in 2017 and 2018, a lot of them. No, they did. But uh, you just wonder if, um, yeah. you know, sort of where they're going. I mean, they do. I think they do need to sign a quarterback at some stage, and, and they need to sign a running back. I mean, you're going to lose at some stage. Uh, you know, Elijah Holyfield, Brian Herian, those guys are going to get older, uh, so you will lose guys. Mm-hmm. But you've got to, re- and you've got to replace them. So, yeah, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I th- go ahead. The staff has a plan, and again, when you win, you have to do that. You've got to rebuild five stars with five stars. You got to do it. It's going to be tough, but you got to do it. So Alabama did it, and Georgia's going to have to. You can't just be 2017, 2018, and maybe a drop in 2019 and back up you know, right. for a few years. They've got to keep rebuilding. 
with these five-star kids and develop them and get them to the NFL draft. I think that was uh, big for Georgia football to get uh, those picks, three of them in the first round. So that will only help on the recruiting trail. Hmm. So, Well, look, Matt, we will wrap it up. They should be able to do it. We're, you and I are on a slight delay, but we will wrap it up here. You, you hear the music in the background, which means it's almost time to go. Matt, uh, continue. you're going to continue preparing for your... Um, the Gator wrestling, yeah. yeah. You know, I'll be but, watching some Gator boys. We'll figure it out. It'll I'll, be fun. I'll, you know, I want to put the music on now. I just needed to make certain <laughs> that you were going to acknowledge your, uh, your wrestling in the future. For sure. For sure. All right, check Dylan's out. Dylan's got to wrestle something. Oh, now Dylan something has smaller. to wrestle get... something. Okay, let's see how Dylan goes. Dylan will wrestle something after if I get the Gator. Dylan's got to wrestle something else. So I'll talk to him. All right. Well, we'll check you next week on the roundtable. Thanks, Matt, and uh, we'll see y'all next week. Of a lover laughing